Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today, tonight we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, we like to learn more about you so that we can know you more, Father, so that we can become so that we can be more intimate with you. Father, we we do not want to just know head knowledge only. We want to also know you by heart. So please, Father, speak to us tonight as we study from the book of Jonah. We pray that you really convict us, that you really transform us, inspire us, Father, so that we really want to live closer more and more with you. Thank you so much, Father. Please bless this class, and we pray that your name will be glorified, Father. Thank you so much, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, let me share my screen. Can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, uh, just like what we discussed last week, today we are going to learn the first prophetic book uh, chronologically. We are not going to approach the prophetic book like how it show up in your English Bible, but we are going to approach the prophetic books chronologically. So, the first person, the first prophet that God sent uh, at, at, uh, to, to minister to the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, is a person by the name of Jonah. Okay, I'm sure we all have heard about Jonah. Uh, I mean, Jonah is probably the most famous person in the Old Testament, you know, besides King David, you know. I mean, I think, uh, I know Fagy Tales have a story on Jonah and then Many you will see in many Sunday school books, they will have a cartoon on Jonah being swallowed by a big fish or something like that. You know, so so it's one very famous uh, person uh, in in the Old Testament. So again, just a review from last week. Uh, chron- chronologically, we have the pre-Assyrian prophets. By the, I mean, we have Jonah, Amos, Hosea, Micah, and Isaiah, and then the pre-Babylonian prophets: uh, Nahum, Zephaniah, Habakkuk, Jeremiah, uh, and Lamentation are written by Jeremiah, and then Ezekiel, and then there are prophets who, who are used by God during the exile. But his name is Daniel. And then we have prophets who are called by God after the exile. So Obadiah, Haggai, Zechariah, Joel, and Malachi. Hello, Brother Vincent. Hello. Who are we blaming this? Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot to text you again. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, so I mean, this is just the review. So... So this is how we are going to approach it. Uh, the, to, uh, we are going how we are going to approach the study of the prophetic books. Today we are going to learn the book of Jonah. Okay, the book of Jonah. So, so first let's talk about is 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 the book of Jonah even is it historical or not? I mean many. I mean right now in uh, many skeptics. 
who doubt about the history, uh, historic, I mean, whether the book of Jonah is history or not. I mean, because right now many people don't believe that it is possible for someone to be swallowed by a great fish and then stay alive for three days, you know, uh, so, so many people. And, and really, there is really no archaeological evidence that really, I mean, again, because at the time of Jonah, there is no camera yet. You know, so there is no reporter that can take picture. Oh, here's Jonah. Here's the great face. Smile. You know, yeah. So at the time of Jonah, there, I mean, camera is not. It's not has not been founded yet. So, so that's why it's really difficult, and you know, to prove whether the book of Jonah is whether whether the story in the book of Jonah is historical or not. You know, but for us Christian. I mean, we can rest assured that the book, that the story is historical because Jesus himself validate, you know, the truthfulness of the, 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 of the person of Jonah and what happened to him. You know, in, in Matthew, I'm sorry, let me, uh, too fast, I'm clicking. So in Matthew 12, 39 to 41, Jesus answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The man of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. So this coming from the mouth of Jesus himself. You know, so for us, we have no reason to doubt that the book of Jonah is historical, because it comes from the mouth of Jesus himself. Okay, so, so it's verified by Jesus himself. Now, again... The, the, there is uh, the, the book of Jonah said uh, uh, that, that he was swallowed by great fish. For some reason nowadays, people only think that uh, the, the great fish is a whale. But I mean, most historian, most uh, theologian think that the, the great fish is a leviathan. You know, the, the big, uh, the big uh, 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 sea serpent that right now no longer no longer exists. They ex- extinct already many years ago. So, so what kind of a fish is that? We don't know. I mean, we, we can only speculate. Okay, maybe a whale or maybe a leviathan or whatever, but the Bible just said that he was swallowed by great fish. What kind of a fish is that? We know it is not goldfish because goldfish, no way Jonah can stay in goldfish tummy for three days. Okay, so... But it's a great fish, so that's all the Bible tells us. Okay, so let uh, as this is just a map of the divided kingdom of Israel. Okay, so the northern part again. This is very important for you to remember that the kingdom of Israel were divided into two. The northern part is called Israel. The southern part is called Judah. Okay, so you. You need to to have this 
really burn into your mind. Otherwise, it will be very difficult for us to understand the, the prophetic book. Okay, so so remember the northern kingdom where it is called the kingdom of Israel, and the southern kingdom is the kingdom of Judah. Okay, so so please remember this. Okay, remember this. I mean, it, the story of how it was divided into two is in First Kings twelve. Okay, so so this is extremely important for us to understand uh, the the prophetic books of the Old Testament. Okay, so who is Jonah? Okay, who is Jonah? Now in Second Kings fourteen, twenty three to twenty five, it said like this: In the fifteen year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. Remember, Judah is the southern kingdom. Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. Again, Israel is the northern kingdom. Began to reign in Samaria. Okay, so Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria. Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom. Okay, so so the the capital of the southern kingdom is Jerusalem, the capital in the northern kingdom is Samaria. So and then he, which is Jeroboam, reigned forty one years, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel to sin. So there are two Jeroboam. So again. When I try to memorize the name of the kings in the Old Testament, I wonder, you know, why in the world God let people with the same names, you know, so many of them are with the same name, almost with the same name. So there are two Jeroboams. First, Jeroboam are the first king of the Northern Kingdom, and this one is the second Jeroboam. Okay, or we we call him Jeroboam the second, which is the king of the northern kingdom okay so this he here is the is jeroboam the second he restored the border of israel from libo hamath as far as the sea of the arabah according to the word of the lord the god of israel which he spoke by his servant jonah the son of amittai the prophet who was from gath hefer okay so this, so this is the only time the name of Jonah come out came out in the in the Old Testament outside the book of Jonah. Okay, so in Second Kings fourteen twenty three to twenty five, so basically Jonah was the son of Amittai, who was from Gath Hefer, and he was a prophet during the time of King Jeroboam the second. Okay, King Jeroboam the second ruled from seven ninety three to seven fifty three B C. Okay, rule from 793 to 753 BC. Okay, so so that's so, so that's who Jonah is. Okay, so now what is so unique about the book of Jonah? Okay, what is so unique? Now, if you read other prophetic books like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Ezekiel, they basically the other prophetic books usually show you what God wants the prophet to talk to, 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 to tell to Israel. Okay. So, so it's basically contained the message that, that God wants the prophet to, 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 to convey, to communicate to the people of Israel or to the people of Judah. But the book of Jonah is different. The book of Jonah 
contain story of how God deal with Jonah himself, with with the person. Okay, it doesn't. I mean, so it 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 show how Jonah rebel against God and how God deal with Jonah. Okay, so that is unique uh, of the book of Jonah. Okay, so so that's why you don't really see much. Uh, you don't really see any pro- prophecy in the book of Jonah. Okay, because it show us how God deal with Jonah, with the person of Jonah. Okay, so that's why he the book of Jonah is unique. Uh, compared to all other prophetic books, so let's let's uh, dive in into the book of Jonah deeper. Okay, so the book of Jonah, the key word is revival in Nineveh. Now, Nineveh is the capital city of the Assyrian kingdom. Okay, the Assyrian kingdom is one of Israel's most bitter enemies. Okay, I mean Assyria, the the kingdom of Assyria, try. I mean, he, the kingdom of Assyria is one of the superpower at that time. Okay, and they are really thirsty. They want to control and conquer so many different lands. Okay, so that's why the kingdom of Israel, which is the northern kingdom, they are pretty pretty afraid of the Assyrian kingdom because the Assyrian kingdom is the superpower at that time. Okay, so the key word in the book of Jonah is revival in, in Nineveh. The key verses is uh, two, uh, Jonah 2, 8. Okay, that basically, oh, sorry. Uh, I clicked this one. It's basically said, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, but I with the voice of thanksgiving will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And then, this, the, the other key verse is 4-2. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was set in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarsus. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. All right, so these two are... Are, are the key verses, two key verses of the book of Jonah. And I think uh, in the Bible study note that I sent to you, you will you you found these two, uh, I, I think I included these two key verses. Okay, so. Now, let's go to Jonah chapter 1. Okay, Jonah chapter 1. In the uh, verse 1 to 3, it said basically, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Jehopah and found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarsus, away from the presence of the Lord. Okay, so here's, Jonah received a command from God to go to Nineveh. Again, Nineveh is the capital city of the Assyrian kingdom, which is uh, Israel's most bitter, most bitter enemy. Okay, so so God told him to go to Nineveh and and tell and and tell the people there, the Ninevites, that evil will come, that 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 God is going to punish them. But that is the last thing that Jonah want to do. Because Jonah hate the Assyrian kingdom, because Jonah is an Israelite, 
Okay, and he did not want the people of Nineveh, he did not want to go to Nineveh and tell them that God is going to punish them. So they, then so then he tried to run away from God. He tried to escape from the presence of God. Okay, so so here's here in, in the first three verses of the book of Jonah, it's showing us that Jonah is someone who has a good knowledge about God, but unfortunately he didn't know God at all. See, look at it. How stupid it is for him to think that he can escape from the presence of the Lord. Okay, I mean, he is a prophet. He has been used by God to 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 to, re, to con- communicate God's word to the king of of Israel. But here, when God told him to go to Nineveh, he tried. Okay, he tried to escape from the presence of the Lord. He should know better that that God is is omnipresence, that it is useless to try to escape from the presence of the Lord. But here's, but Jonah tried to do that. Okay, instead of going to, to Nineveh, he tried to run away from, 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 from God, and he, and he went to Tarshish. He tried to go to Tarshish instead. Okay, so now here's Hopa. Okay, so this is Hopa. Now, Nineveh, is over here, so Nineveh is only 550 miles from 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 Hopa. That that's where Jonah tried to sail, but instead of going to Nineveh, Jonah tried to go to Tarsis, which is over here, which is 2,500 miles. Okay, so so Jonah thought that he by going to by going to into the other direction he thought that he can run away from the presence of God which is that is very stupid okay for 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 all the people Jonah a prophet should be the one who know that no one can escape from the presence of the Lord but Jonah apparently tried to do that he thought that he can outrun God okay in verse 9 okay when 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 he, on the ship when when god sent a mighty wind and and the ship is almost sinking and when the captain of the boat asked him who is he he said i am a hebrew jonah said this and i fear the lord the god of heaven who made the sea and the dry land see he has a good knowledge okay about god he know about god but unfortunately, he does. He did not know God at all. He know that the Lord, the God of heaven, the one that he worshipped, is the one who made the sea and the dry land. That it is useless to try to escape from the presence of the God he worshipped. But that's what he was trying to do. He tried to escape from God. So he has good doctrine in his mind. But unfortunately, the, that doc, that knowledge that he know that is only a it's only head knowledge. It's not a hard knowledge. Okay, so so that's why he tried to run away from from his God. Okay, let's move on. Jonah one again. We continue. Okay, in f- verse four to five. So Jonah tried to run to Tarsis. Okay, he tried to escape from the presence of the Lord. So, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. 
then the mariners, which is the sailors who who tried to, to, to operate the, the boat, were afraid and each cried out to his God. And then Jonah in five verse five B to six, Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, what do you mean you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And then verse 15 to 16. So basically Jonah told the captain and the sailors that he tried to escape from his God. And then when the, the captain asked him, what should we do then? And Jonah said, throw me to the water, to, to the sea then. Throw me to the sea. Okay, so they, the mariners, pick up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. Okay, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Okay, so here we see the irony of, 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 this, of the story. Jonah, who is a prophet, someone who has been used by God, someone who's supposed to know, who is who's supposed to be very near to God, he is the one who tried to escape from God. While the mariners, the pagan mariners, the sailors, the sailors, they are the one who try to, to, to they are the ones who try to run to God. They are try, they are the ones who to, who remember God. Okay, so even from the very beginning, when the sea, when the great wind hurled upon the sea, the mariners were afraid and it's cried to his God. They, I mean, we don't know which God they're trying to, to cry out to, but they, they try to they they, re, they try to remember their God. And then they found Jonah fast asleep. Okay, so so and then the captain has to wake him up and said that call out to your God, perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish so here the irony is here's the pagan captain has to remind jonah to call out to his god okay so so here's the irony of everything here okay so the situation is kind of like reverse now okay the pagan sailors are the people who who try to remember god and the prophet the prophet of god is the one who tried to escape from god okay so, so Jonah here, he, he told the, the captain to just throw him to the sea. Let him die. Okay, so, so he, he, he'd rather die than, than, than following the commandment of the Lord. Okay, so he thought that, by, that, he thought that dying can, ask, can, can rescue him. Okay, so, 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 here's the, so you, we, we see the irony of everything here. Okay, the people who are supposed to be very close to God, those, I mean, here become the people who try to escape from God. And the people who are supposed to be far away from God, here are the people who, at least, they try to try to do right. They try to remember God. Okay, so, so here's the irony of everything. And then in verse 17, the Lord appointed a great fist to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, so that's in verse 17. So in Jonah 2, chapter 2, it said, Jonah plead with God to deliver him from the belly of the fish. Because, I mean, you can imagine 
how uncomfortable it is to be inside the, the, the belly of the great fish. So Jonah pleaded with God to deliver him from the belly of the fish. And God spoke to the fish and the fish vomited Jonah to a dry land. Okay. See, if you read the whole chapter 2, in, in, in Jonah's prayer, Jonah did not repent at all. Okay, Jonah, Jonah still did not repent for trying to, to run away from God. Okay, he, he, only, he's, he only cried out to God so that God will rescue him. But he still refused to repent. He still refused to, to confess that he has done something wrong. Okay, in the whole prayer in Jonah chapter 2, Jonah, his only prayer is that God will rescue him. That's all. He never, he never claimed or confessed that he has done something wrong. Oh, God, please forgive me. Nothing. There's nothing like that. He just cried out to God, asked God to deliver him from the belly of the great fish. That's it. Okay, that's it. Okay, so, so that's what happened in Jonah chapter 2. Then in Jonah chapter three, so Jonah after he after the great fish vomited him to the dry land, Jonah began to go into the city of Nineveh, going a day's journey, and he called out, "Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown." Okay, so and then in verse six and nine of chapter three, the word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes, and he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Okay. Again, if you read chapter 3, when Jonah delivered the, the, the verdict to the Ninevites, he did not mention God at all. Okay, He just, he just said that, hey, Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, you will be punished. That's it. He didn't mention God told me to do to, to say this or whatever. He, nope. For him, Nineveh deserved to be judged. That's it. But the reaction of King Nineveh is amazing. Again, here's the irony here. Okay, the prophet who's supposed to deliver, who's supposed to be close to God, he did he refused even to mention God at all in his verdict. But the king of Nineveh, the bad king, I mean, which is a very bad king, he issued a proclamation and he told, he commanded everyone, including the beasts, including the animals, to repent. Okay, he commanded human and animals, okay, to repent and to fast. He said, who knows? In verse 9, God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. So here's the irony again. So, so the book of Jonah is showing us that people who are supposed to know their God is the, are the very one who try to, 
to limit God's mercy. Okay, the people who know, who's supposed to know their uh, their God, are the ones who become very judgmental, who become who who really uh, uh, who really try to limit God's mercy. But then those who 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 people consider as bad are the ones who respond to to God. Are the one who really respond and turn to God with all of their hearts. Okay, so so here's the irony of everything here. Okay, and then in verse 10, chapter 3, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So God, when he saw that the people turned and repented, he he decided not to deliver his judgment okay he he relented of the disaster and he decided to forgive the ninevites but look at what at at jonah's reaction in jonah chapter 4 but it displeased jonah exceedingly and he was angry jonah instead of rejoicing that the people of nineveh repented and received god's mercy he became upset and he was angry okay so so here's someone who has who himself has experienced the mercy of god he is an israelite the only reason jonah should know that the only reason that god chose israel to be god's chosen people is because of god's mercy not because israel is such an amazing country or no things like no the very reason that god chose israel to be his chosen people is because of god's mercy that's it in case but jonah got angry because he he saw how god show mercy to an, to other nation to the nation of 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 the kingdom of assyria so it he became very angry and he it really displeased him exceedingly and then in verse 2b chapter 4 jonah said that is why i made haste to flee to tarsus for i knew that you are a gracious god and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster So Jonah is basically saying to God, "That's the reason why I do not want to go to to Nineveh because I know if they repented, you will forgive them." Because Jonah said, "Because you are a merciful God, you are abounding in steadfast love." So that's why I do not want to go to Nineveh because I know if they repented, you will be merciful to them. Because in his mind, in Jonah's mind, the Ninevites. don't deserve God's mercy in his mind only israelite deserve God's mercy other outside of israel don't deserve God's mercy especially not the kingdom of assyria who is who 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 tried to conquer israel many times okay so and then in verse 3 of jonah 4 Therefore now O Lord please take my life from me for for it is better for me to die than to live. So Jonah in Jonah said if let me die I he rather die than to see Nineveh to receive God's mercy. 
he's so stubborn that for him he'd rather die than seeing Nineveh to be forgiven by God. And then the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? So, so, so God basically, I mean, this show God's grace to Jonah. God is asking a question to Jonah so that Jonah will reflect. God is basically asking Jonah, I mean, do you think you deserve to be angry? I mean, God is want, want Jonah to remember that he himself is the object of God's mercy. I mean, he God, for all intent and purposes, he could let Jonah die inside the belly of that great fish. But because of God's mercy, he delivered Jonah from the belly of that great fish. Okay, but so so the Lord is saying to Jonah, "Why you are angry?" I mean, do you think that you are the only one who deserve my mercy? So, so, so that's verse four of Jonah four, and then in verse five to six of Jonah four, Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he should see what would become of the city. So he's still hoping that God will destroy the city. So he he sat at the to the east of the city and made a booth. And he sat under it in the shade and he wanted to see what would become of the city. So he still refused to accept the fact that God has forgiven Nineveh. Okay, so and then verse 6. Now the Lord God appointed a plan and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plan. So here's again, God is so gracious toward this, to, toward this rebellious prophet. Okay, so Jonah, I mean, he set to the east of the city and he want to see what happened to the city of Nineveh. Okay, but I mean, but God let a, a, a plan to come up to shade, to provide a shade to Jonah so that Jonah will become comfortable. Okay, and then Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plan. So Jonah was glad when he became comfortable, but he is not glad at all when he knew that God will for, uh, God has forgiven Nineveh. Okay, he he care more about his own comfort than the soul of the Ninevites. So that's verse five to six, and then seven to eight. What happened? But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die and said, it is no better for me to die. It is better for me to die than to live. Okay, so, so God let a worm aid the, 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 the plant that he has planted to, to cover, to, to provide, sh- to become shade to Jonah. Okay, so then Jonah, I mean, had to bear this, the, 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 the scorching heat of the sun. And then he got upset again, and then he just he he demanded God to kill him again. He said, "It is better for me to die than to live." So you can see here, Jonah is like a little kid. You know, whenever he feel uncomfortable, he became angry. Okay, he said, "God, kill me now, kill me." 
Okay, so so that's in verse 7 to verse 8. And then in verse 9 to 11, but God said to Jonah, do you do well to be angry for the plan? And he said, yes, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, you pity the plan for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from the left and also much cattle? So God is asking Jonah, is your comfort more important than this, the 120,000 person who live in Nineveh? God is basically telling Jonah to reflect and to meditate. I mean, just because I let a worm to eat the plant so that now you, 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 feel, you feel the heat of the sun make you feel uncomfortable and you just because of that you got upset and then god said that you become upset because of the plan you become upset because you you don't feel comfortable now but then you you do not become upset you 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 care more about your own comfort than the 120,000 persons who live in Nineveh okay so 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 god wants Jonah to think and to reflect here. Basically, God is telling Jonah, how come you're so selfish? I mean, do you understand that you yourself are the object of my mercy here? Okay, so, so that's, I mean, so that's something that we should ask also of ourselves. See, the book of Jonah is basically, it's like a mirror to us. You know, when we learn about how God deal with Jonah and how God deal with the Ninevites, it's like God is actually directing his uh, the, 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 the directing his sniper rival at us. You know, at us, he's basically us uh, telling us to 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 look at Jonah and to reflect how much of Jonah that are in us. Okay, so so the book of Jonah actually is not about. Uh, it's not about us studying and and just just accumulating knowledge, but the book of Jonah is about uh, God wanting us to reflect. Okay, how much of Jonah that are in us, and what is our Nineveh? Okay, what is our Nineveh? Has there been any? Has there been something that God asks us to do? but we refuse to do it because of our comfort, okay, because it's not comfortable to us. So that so the book of Jonah is basically is asking us to reflect, you know, to reflect on us, you know, to, 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 to not to be judgmental toward Jonah, but to reflect on us. So Jonah is, uh, is somebody who, who made decision based on prejudice, okay, and then preference and personality, okay. He he he's so controlled by his own prejudice that he refused to 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 be joyful when the Nineveh received God's mercy, because in his prejudice, he think that only Israelite deserve God's mercy, 
Okay. And then he he also a man who is locked in his preference and in his personality. He his 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 prejudice, preference, and personality gave him a sense of self-entitlement. He think that he's entitled to, 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 to God's mercy. He think that that he is the only one who know better what should happen to the Ninevites. Okay. But God wants us to make decision based on the Bible, on the principle of the Bible. See, the things is, all of us have these three things in us. Regardless how long we have been a Christian, regardless whether we have been walking with God for 10 years or 10 days or 10 hours, all of us have these three lenses, these three the lens of prejudice and preference and personality in in each and every one of us. We cannot escape it. Okay, as long as we walk in this face of the earth, we will continue to be to be controlled by this thing. And that's what Chris about uh, that is what being mature in Christ is all about. Okay. Uh, being mature in Christ is about minimizing. We cannot eliminate this string, these three things completely from us. Okay, we can only minimize it and then learn to make decisions based more and more based on God's word. When the principle of God's word, instead of or, or, instead of making decision only based on our prejudice or our preference or personality. Okay, when I look back into into my life, oh man, so many times, you know, I decide some that I want to do something because it is what comfortable for me. Okay, I, I ref- several many times when God told me to do something, I refuse to do it because I I'm not I don't feel comfortable to do it. But again, remember, I think two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I I share with you guys that. The Bible is not given to us to make us feel comfortable. Okay, the Bible is given to us, in fact, to take us out from our comfort zone, so that we learn to to, to put our faith in Him daily. Okay, so so here's the challenge that Jonah is giving to us to reflect. Okay, so that we we become less and less leaning toward our prejudice or preference or personality and more and more making decision in life based on principle okay principle of god's word okay so so that's the challenge of the book of jonah and i hope we all will learn from jonah and learn you know to 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 to, to identify what is our ninive you know what is our ninive what are the things that god has told us to do but we refuse to do it. Okay, maybe somebody that God wants us to forgive, but we refuse to forgive because we are we because we we don't feel comfortable to do it. Or somebody that God wants us to reach out and to share about Christ to them, that we have refu- we have been refusing to do it because we don't feel comfortable to do it. Okay, so so again. Christian life is not about being comfortable. Okay, Christian life is about following Christ wherever he leads us, okay, regardless whether we are comfortable to do it or not. Okay, so that's, I hope 
we we will learn from that we all will learn together as uh, in from the book of Jonah. Okay, and that's it. So, what time is it now? Eight twenty-one. Okay, so I still have. Is is did Jonah get to the Niva, uh, the yeah. city? Yes, he did. He did. That's why he he delivered he he delivered the, the judgment of God to them. You know, in chapter two, after he came out from the belly of the fish, he walked for a day to the city, and then he delivered to them the the punishment. You know, the verdict that that they will be punished by God, and then because of that, the people of the Ninevites, the the Ninevites uh, repented, and because of that, they received mercy from God. But uh, he must be not too far when he's sailing to the well, sea, you know. <laughs> you know maybe, I mean? maybe, maybe not too far, or maybe the fish has to swim fast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the fish has to swim really fast, you know. So, so, so there's a, a possibility. Twenty-five thousand miles away, he takes a long time to come back. Yep. I mean, maybe because he hasn't sailed far enough, or maybe yeah. because the fish has to has to swim really fast to cover great distance, you know. So, I think, so yeah. So, I think so. he, Jonah is the type of person he's so stubborn and yeah, and then then you know like uh, have angry problem too. <laughs> Anger, yeah, and and I think he's also a self entitled person. You know, he has a strong sense of self entitlement he think that he is so entitled to to being to be the recipient of god's mercy but nobody else you know no nobody outside of israel deserve god's mercy you know so see he he really want uh, to to die instead of you know doing god's mercy job you know? yeah yeah <laughs> he'd rather die than seeing the ninevites receiving god's mercy I, I thought he was practicing for the Olympics. For the Olympic. <laughs> but the one that's supposed to be angry is the fish, you know, because the fish has to swim really fast. You know? Right. <laughs> the fish says, oh, come on, because of the, because of this guy in my belly, you know. <laughs> right. It's not comfortable too. It's not comfortable for the fish to have men in the yeah. belly. Yes. Uh. And 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 the fish cannot cannot eat the guy. You know, he has to keep the guy <laughs> safe in his belly. <laughs> I think the one that should, should, should get angry is the God, the one he you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why it's amazing that Jonah get upset when the Ninevites receive God's mercy. Mm. You know, right. because the Nine because from all the people, Jonah should be the one who understand God's mercy. You know, I mean, uh-huh. I mean, he himself, you know, received God's mercy. I mean, the the, the three days in God's uh, and the fish in the fish belly. That, I mean, the fish can swallow him. I mean, easily, you know. But God, in His mercy, uh, preventing the fish from eating him, you know, alive. So yeah, I think he's oh, uh, Vincent. Uh, Vincent has been in the belly of crocodile, you know. So. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, have to have to fire the midwife. The, the fish is going. Wait a minute! I thought, I thought the midwife said I'm pregnant, but but I'm not. I'm a man. I'm a male fish. How how am I pregnant? 
<laughs> okay, I think we can begin our weekend. So, uh, what uh, weekend? Huh? What weekend? <laughs> uh, Henry. Hey, Lisa, you there? Lisa is alive. <laughs> How are you, Lisa? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Is Tim there with you or? No, he's not home yet. Okay, because I know several times he li he listened also, right? So. Yeah, he does yeah. when he gets home. But now that it's spring. Yeah, he, yeah. It's his he will, busy time. He will become busy again now, so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, thank you. Hey, thank you. Hey, uh, Henry. Oh, Henry is already gone. No, no. No, so, Henry's still here. Oh, he's still here. Henry, can you pray for us, please? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the time that we can study your words, study from the book of Jonah. And thank you for Brother Seed who share your word. And Lord, just uh, thank you for your mercy toward us. Mm -hmm. Thank you for yes. your grace. Thank you for your a lot of things for this life that we have, Lord. And then mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we pray, Lord, that uh, let us be merciful to other people too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let the, your word stay in our hearts. And let us rejoice in your kindness and your mercy yes. toward us and toward other people too. Thank you for the fellowship tonight, God. Bless each each of us as we go to uh, fulfill our daily tasks or things like that and give us good rest. And we thank you for your mercy, your grace toward our, our life, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you for thank joining. You. See you guys later. Bye bye. 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 Now, now should I?